It's time for truth, a ministry of Truth Family Bible Church in Middleton, Idaho. It's time for truth exists to glorify God through the edification of his saints in our local church and for the benefit of the church around the world. I'm your host, Pastor Danny Steinmeier, and I'm joined in studio with my friend and fellow elder at TFBC, Jim Berg. Well, welcome everyone once again to another episode of the podcast. We are glad that you have joined us today and and grateful that you have made us part of your day wherever you may be and whenever you may be listening. We are grateful that you are here. And uh, another beautiful time of year. um, True confessions, everyone. (laughs) This is the second version of this podcast. particular episode. We are back in studio. <laughs> we are back in studio, on a, not on our normal day, because uh, we had a problem on our normal day. We recorded two podcasts uh, yesterday. Well, no, we recorded one podcast yesterday. We intended to record two podcasts yesterday. We spoke to. We, we, and we did, we put in the time for two <laughs> podcasts. But y- yours truly, uh, Nincompoop in Chief, did not hit the record button. And I'm just going to blame it right now on Mark Ellison for not being here. <laughs> you know, he he wasn't here to um, hold our hand and to just push push a button. Uh, but so it depended upon me to push the button, and uh, I hit the timer on the stopwatch, and then just went because I've hit the timer and I didn't hit the record. And so here we are again because we need to uh, redo what we did not record yesterday. So. We have no idea if this is going to be uh, super similar. It was a great podcast, by the way. You, you guys really missed out. Uh, hopefully not too much, though. Hopefully what we can do today will be uh, a reasonable repeat and um, and duplication of what we talked about yesterday. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, yesterday was a little bit cloudier, and uh, today on we're recording on Friday today. Beautiful sunny day, and uh, looking forward to all the things of Thanksgiving week. Uh, by the time this recording drops, it will be uh, Thanksgiving week. So I uh, hope that, uh, and I'll just put an advertisement out there right now. If you have not made plans to join us, and if, even if you're uh, not a part of our church, if you're listening in our local area, uh, we have a Thanksgiving morning opportunity for worship and fellowship. We think it's really great for these Christian holidays for the church to gather and to um, and to worship and to orient the day towards what it's meant for, and that is uh, giving thanks to God. Um, we can give thanks to Grandma for the turkey later, and and but we can also give God thanks for the turkey later. Um, but really, it's a Godward focus, and what a great way to start with a potluck breakfast and some time of worship on Thanksgiving morning. So join us at 8.30 in the morning at uh, Truth Family Bible Church, and we would be glad to have you and look forward to a wonderful time once again together. Before we get into our episode for today, uh, Jim, how are you? Yeah, doing great. It's Friday. We are a day closer to Thanksgiving, and if we've got to put God first, which I agree with, then I would put the turkey third, because second in order would be the desserts. And actually, since yesterday, I have heard the dessert menu from Peyton and Judy, so I'm getting more and more excited. Judy's going to make her cheesecake, and Peyton's really good at pies, so... Nice. It's an exciting time as we get closer. So it's it's. Are you pumpkin pie, apple pie, uh, pecan pie, or pecan pie? Pretty much all, 
but uh, apple would a be slice of each. Basically. Apple would be right up the middle. That'd be the biggest slice. Okay, all right, <laughs> very good. I, I I enjoy I do enjoy pie. I'm a pie over cake person, but uh, I'm not as much the sweet. Um, I'm not as much the sweet tooth and dessert person in general. I, I'll have a little bit. You see, usually I just do a really good job at dinner, mm. and then and then come dessert time, like yeah, I'm not interested in just. Packing this gullet full of uh, more, so no room. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm more the salty, savory uh, kind of person typically as my 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 go to. But anyway, looking forward to a wonderful time uh, this upcoming week. So um, enjoy. Today we are continuing our series in the uh, season two of the podcast, talking about biblical economics and different uh, different themes. And today, uh, as you would see if you clicked on this, it's uh, Work as Worship is the title. And I think today's topic is really applicable to all of our listeners alike, uh, men and women, uh, young people as well, whether you are working outside the home or your work is as a student, or if you are a homemaker and the work of shepherding eternal souls, uh, this is, I think, really pertinent to everyone. And as you know, by the, again, by the, the title, work as worship is what we want to be addressing today. And really, to, to start with, back to uh, really our topic, the, the subject of work is an economic word. Uh, it is physical or mental activity, or both, where effort is directed toward the production or accomplishment of something. It's a good definition. I really like that. It's it, it's just real simple, yep. but it's uh, but it's clear. And notice that it's not necessarily tied to uh, making money from right. it, right? It, right? it is. It's speaking about dominion. Uh, effort, yes, yeah. effort, production, and accomplishment. Right. Uh, often, work is connected to the activity of making a living, but also work is a is a word that is connected to a trade, a profession. Uh, also one's livelihood. It is also a word that may be connected to what is produced from work. So some work makes things work or function uh, productively. And we've been taking some time uh, to talk about different economic elements. Uh, and as we've been, uh, we've been talking about work as juxtaposed to rest in our series on the Ten Commandments recently, of course, and specifically the Fourth Commandment. And work is the blessing of God to mankind in the dominion mandate. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over it, right? That all just sounds like work. And that is what was said immediately following these words, God blessed them. So work is not the product of the curse. Uh, Work becomes harder as a product of the curse. But work is a product of creation and God's blessing mankind with the dominion mandate. See, and I love that. I love that that work is worship. We have work as worship, but work can be worshipful to God. And we talked about this. It's the two sides to the coin. It's it's what the law is. You've got you have the rest, but the opposite of that, the Sabbath, is is work. And so you can worship God seven days a week, twenty four hours a yes. day. And it's a beautiful picture that's there for us. Yes, we are called to gather in worship as a group once a week on Sunday now. But the reality is, is we can worship through the way that we behave and work throughout the rest of our time. Yeah. And just as we've been discussing that beautiful order that God has designed us for, it is, we, we all know, I think really instinctively, I've pointed that out, that we do need rest. We are created for rest. Um, and we can't make the excuse that, well, I can worship God 
the rest of the week. Well, of course you can. Yes, you are too. And right. that's through your work. But you're also to worship God at rest. See, as and that's well. a, so it's, it's both hands. It's a different style of worship. It really is. It is. I mean, one is through, like you said, it's this idea of resting. It's it's putting yourself in this, I don't want to call it a state of mind, but you're 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 preparing for worship mm -hmm. as a group. The other one is through diligence and excellence and ethics and the way that you carry yourself mm -hmm. working hard also honors God. Yeah, it goes back to other things such as motivations, right. priorities, uh, ethics, and right. uh, and understanding who you're working for, and we'll get into that. Totally different on Sunday than Monday through through Saturday. It is, it is. So work is God's blessing to man, and this is, of course, God's world. We are stewards of it, and so it is a godly thing to be engaged in work that God has for us to do. And when you stop and think about all of the all of the amazing things that man has been able to accomplish. I mean, uh, I, we were just reflecting on, on the way in. Uh, I was listening to a podcast talking about the uh, American West expansion, uh, talking, uh, interviewing a historian, talking about even the idea of the buffalo and the Native Americans and the Europeans and the and the interplay of all of that. But then just the, the fact that uh, this guy was saying... Uh, the Western United States was literally remade, not even just socially, but even um, environmentally in 30 years mm. um, and, and then set it on a trajectory. And it's just an, an interesting, um, interesting thing. All of the things that man has accomplished and built and invented, it's truly a, a marvel. I, I think of the the height of skyscrapers down to the microchip right. uh, and all sorts of things in between. And it's just really amazing, yet we're still discovering new things all the time. And God made us for that. Um, Christians, though, are the ones most uniquely positioned to turn the work, and, and has been some of the greatest inventors, um, the, the Protestant Reformation, especially of what flowed from that. And uh, it just caused the a, a boom of pro productivity and the pro and the outflow of motivation to work because of the Protestant work ethic, which had a sense of what God had done and what God created man to do. And yeah, it's who you're doing it for, you know, love God and who else you're doing it for, love your neighbor. It's this idea, see, see all work back to the dominion mandate was for the purpose of serving others. Mm -hmm. You were never to do it alone. It was mm -hmm. never just for you to take dominion of an area and then stop. They stopped at the Tower of Babel and God said, nope, you're not done. We're going to disperse you. And so it was always about working with others. And when you work for someone else, when you are doing work for the purpose of making your house more beautiful for people to come in, maybe it's your husband or or neighbors being hospitable, mm -hmm. that, is, that is serving others. When you're building a house, when you're up framing a house, you're building it for another person. Mm -hmm. Like that is, you are serving humanity. And if you don't have a godly view of that, then frankly, you're doing it for yourself. It goes back to what George Gilder talked about. We talked about that in a yep. previous episode, the idea that capitalism or free markets is right. ba based on a system of love, right. which is inter interest um, in the betterment of other people. Exactly. And, and through love, you're benefited as well. Right. Right. And it's a, it's a wonderful right. exchange of goods and services. And uh, so, yes, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that even though, even people that don't acknowledge God are still living in the shade of his system and his design and what Christianity has pr produced and provided for the world that a lot of people don't even recognize. Oh, the benefits are just unbelievable. But we're going to get more specific into the idea of, hey, hey you Christian, 
Uh, how is it that you can view your work so that you are the best of citizens, the best of humanity, because you understand what work is created for and what you were created for? So as we enter this uh, week of Thanksgiving, we do want to recognize that work is first a blessing from God, but then it is our worship back to God. And I was reminded of our men's study in the book, It's Good to Be a Man, and the authors talked about the beauty of the husband-wife relationship and, and how they they truly do complement one another and, and provide benefits to each other. The husband provides the raw materials the authors talked about, and his wife returns it to him as something greater. A man provides a house, and his wife gives him back a home. A husband provides the money, and his wife turns it into a meal, and so on and so forth. And I, I turned it around a bit to see God in Christ as the one who provides the world of raw materials, and his bride returns it to him as worship, making something beautiful and functional and wonderful from it. And that's the pinnacle of creation. This is part of our love to Christ is in, is in taking what he has blessed us with and returning it to him in something greater and, and, and beautiful in, um, in our worship to him. And so at the pinnacle of creation, the people of God then take dominion as worship to God. And there's also the pagan, again, we've already mentioned, who receives the common grace of the earth, and he still serves the purposes of God by taking dominion. I love that too, because it, even the unbeliever, even the pagan, is going to bring glory to God one way or another. And uh, in his foolishness, in his ignorance, he's still going to bring glory to God in functioning in the in the image-bearing capacity that God has created him for. Um, and but in the in the redemption of humanity, and, and in those who are who are um, chosen and saved and beloved of God, uh, we then have the overt opportunity then to uh, to glorify God in our work because he has revealed himself to us. Well, let's look at a couple of passages that highlight the difference for us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, start off saying, Slaves, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men. Well, first, let's consider that slaves... Uh, are just we don't have to get hung up on that word. It's just people who are workers for someone else. They may be employees, and you, as an employee, you might feel like you're a slave, but you're not in the in the worst sense of the term. But they may be employees, or they may be indentured, or they may be truly owned. But notice that they are obedient in their work to masters on earth, and Paul is instructing believers who work for others to be submissive to be the best kinds of workers in attitude and action for your boss. And he then, Paul then, sets up a contrast. He says, not with external service, literally eye service. Don't just be obedient on the outside. He continues, as those who merely please men. That's one of the things that um, my dad has uh, talked quite a bit about. There's only two motivations in life. You either do what you do to please God, or you do what you do to please yourself or to please men. Um, and, and this really establishes that first part of that contrast is, what is the way of the world? It is, who is it that they seek to please? Who are they living for? They're either living for their, themselves, or they're living for really other men. There are no other gods. Every, all, they might live for other 
other imaginative gods, but those are the imaginations of other men. There are no other actual gods. So they're either doing it for themselves and what they think is simply going to benefit them um, or to please other men. But we're called, and Paul is calling, makes the contrast of we have a different way of working and a different motivation. And so Paul says we are not to be men pleasers, meaning our work is to have a higher motive or a deeper motive that goes beyond the surface, and it really begins to govern. We already mentioned this idea of it affects the ethics of work. It affects the motivation and the purpose purposes that, that we seek to align our work with God's order and his commands. Completely. Like if, if you work for man then you are subject to your, are you working for a good man or a bad man? Like right. literally, and if you're working for a bad man, your motives and your your work ethic is not going to be there. If you work for for God first, if, if that's your first priority, then when you do have somebody that is an evil boss or, or a bad person, you can actually work for God hard and diligently and pour heaping coals on that guy's head. Like that's, that's, right. that's biblical. That's right. And sometimes you win them over that way. Sometimes they're just having a bad, you know, role, bad year, bad whatever. And sometimes you might be taught to live like Jesus, who living among sinners, who ill-treated and so forth, right, doesn't revile in return, but instead he entrusted himself to God and was obedient to God right. in everything to the point of even laying down his own life. Right. And so our work is then to rise above the earth and its values reach to heaven. He says, with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. The work may still be relative, to, again, to earthly masters. It's not like we're not saying the only work that you can do then is, quote-unquote, professional Christian ministry. Right. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. I mean, it may be, a, we already mentioned, framing. It could be landscaping. It could be architecture. It could be an electrician. All, whatever it is, um, there's value there, and you see, may and be that's a missionary. I, I call that yes. a missionary, Danny. That's that's evangelism. That's a missionary. You are you are going into an environment where you have a boss that's maybe bad, and you're demonstrating what character and integrity under God looks like. And there's no better there is no better reflection on God of you doing that on that person. That person should see something different. That's right. That's right. So it moves the motivation and our thoughts and our efforts our integrity, not toward, just like you said, not toward the worthiness of a man, but to the worthiness of God who has blessed us with the gift of work. And so really it changes the perspective of the boss that you see to the boss that you don't see. And then verse 23 follows that. It says, whatever you do, is there anything accepted from whatever? The answer, of course, is no. That means in everything you do, do your work heartily, the New American Standard translates it. Uh, the Christian Standard says enthusiastically. Right. Uh, the New American, I, I think that's maybe a little, kind of has more of that um, emotional standpoint. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best of the, those. The NIV says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. I think that's really captures it. Uh, the My personal little translation of this would be something like, whatever you do, do your best. Uh, that's the idea, heartily, your best, um, from the heart, or with all your heart. And so the idea here is that you give it all you have, mentally, physically, attitudinally, uh, with integrity. And do your best, because you should be doing it for the boss that you don't see. Yep, finish the verse, the, as for the Lord. As for the Lord. And, and 
the boss that you don't see sees. Right. And not only does he see the external work, but he also sees what is unseen. And that's part of that element of don't just do some do it on the surface when your boss is looking. Right? Don't just do the minimum required just so that it looks like you're busy or that um uh you don't get disciplined or or just when the boss is around. But it's that integrity and it's from that heart of who are you working for because he sees you all the time. He sees uh, he sees your heart and he, he knows what you're doing. Yeah, and for because him. he's the ultimate boss of everything, all authority, he's the giver and taker of good things, right? It's 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 his to choose to do with, and you participate in that through your sanctification and through your work. That's right. In the second episode we recorded yesterday, right? He talked we talked about the idea of the reward of the inheritance. Right. He is the one who actually ultimately will pay you. Right. Um, and, and that's something we need to always keep in mind. And, and I and I tell you what, also, Jim, that the, this business of tying the physical world to the spiritual one, I think, is just such an important concept yep. that we need to recognize. Um, we really do need to see with a new eyes, not in mysticism, but with the eyes of faith. And that this means that the Lord sees not only our work, but we we live quorum deo, right? The the idea of before the face of God, we are always living our lives, and knowing that when we are even when we're alone, we're not alone. Right. And that, uh, and that everything we do has spiritual value and, um, and and reward even. And I use the word discipleship. This is this is truly my perspective of what discipleship is in today's day and age. Uh, the the big church has taken discipleship and turned it into a book or a a series of all theological issues. Nothing as it applies to the practical application of it. And I believe we spend most of our time in the practical application of it. Yeah. How much more should we represent God? How much greater can we be if we take that theology? Yes, theology is part of discipleship, but we apply it to being the best at what we do. We shine brightly that way. And so, yeah, he knows what we do and why we do it. Right. And worship is about responding to what God has done with Godward gifts and offerings. And so this goes back to the reality that spirituality is not searching for some existential experience, some out-of-body high, some close your eyes and raise your hands feeling of closeness to God, and that's what it means to worship. Rather, closeness to God <clears throat> is very much found in every day, doing your best, working to be pleasing to the Lord. Would God be pleased with the work that I have done for him today? Verse 24 <clears throat> Uh, actually, no, I guess it wasn't the other podcast. It was this one. See, I've, I've, I'm tripping myself up because we've done this before, <clears throat> and uh, I forgot where it was, but it's here in verse 24. It's knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Right. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Work done for men unto God is our giving back to God what he has first blessed us with. We live in the flesh, but everything is actually spiritual. Everything relates to God, and that goes back to what we've been talking about on Sunday nights of biblical anthropology, and the idea of that that we live as human beings, as complex creatures, body and soul, material and immaterial, and that's actually the nature of the entire world. This is a physical world, and there's a spiritual realm overlaid, overlapped uh, uh, on top of, if you will, this world, uh, so that spiritual forces are at work. And spiritual forces are at work within each of us because we are spiritual beings. The parallel passage uh, to this, of course, is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ. 
not by way of eye service, as men-pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Well, Jim, can you think of any examples of this attitude and approach to work in Scripture? Yeah, you know, we talked about a bunch of them yesterday, but today it, it, sticks, of course we did. it still sticks the same. It's, jo- <laughs> it's Joseph. He's yep. the one that, that sticks out dramatically to me as the person who is literally, brothers wanted to kill him, he was sold into slavery. So he meets, he meets this Scripture criteria completely yep. and... Instead of having a mopey, I didn't do anything, I'm innocent. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. You know, Joseph focused on God clearly and did his work unto God no matter where he was. And he was he was in bad circumstances, and yeah. then he was in okay circumstances that got worse. And then finally, we talked about this yesterday, by the time he was 30, he was the second most powerful man in the world. In the world. And arguably, arguably the most powerful. Because right, well, the wisdom argue. that he was given... Pharaoh was listening. Yeah, in essence, the figurehead was Pharaoh, but he was running the place. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and that really stands out, right? As as a guy, I talk about having bosses who weren't necessarily the greatest. Uh, whether he was, right. whether as a slave or whether in Potiphar's house or whether in jail, uh, we find that wherever he went, he had such an impact and influence. And uh, it was it wasn't just because it, of his genetics. It wasn't because of just his presence. It was because of his work. It was yeah. because of, of what he did was was faithful, and he honored the Lord in his work, and where he went, he was a blessing. And t- talk about I mean, how, how great is it to be a person who is working for God and turns out to be a blessing for everyone around him. You see, it wasn't it wasn't his resume. It right. wasn't his reputation. He wasn't even known. He was. What taken, about his education? He was taken into slavery. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> his education. He was. A, he was a younger man. It was his integrity. It was his integrity before God mm-hmm. um, that he walked with integrity, such that it it literally it came out of his fingertips. It emanated out of his fingertips, such that everyone else recognized it and said, "Man, there is something special about Joseph." The other ones we were thinking about too is those guys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as Daniel, right? So again, living in difficult times, uh, times of exile, uh, times of being uprooted from your homeland, and being chosen as as young men to be uh, trained in the the ways of Babylon, and yet they sought to honor the Lord. Uh, they did their work. They did their studies. They they um, worked hard and were. Um, were prosperous and were valuable to the to the nation in which they were in, but we also see that because it was unto the Lord and it was the Lord whom they served and who they were dedicated to, that they were actually able to do their work and also maintain their courage and and their integrity again that, that word, um, because when it came when push came to shove when it came to identifying who it is that you work for oh by the way Nebuchadnezzar we work for God. We're not we're not bowing to you because you're, you're not God, and so we're not going to bow to your idols. We're going to stand, and we're going to resist, and if necessary, we'll even be willing to die for this faith because we're not working for you. We're working for God. Yeah, and I want to I'm going to hit on that day of rest and how important resting in God is because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What was the reason? Well, one is they wouldn't bow down, but the other was because Daniel was doing what? He was praying. He was 
taking time to rest in God. And that's such an important concept for us. If we want to do six days of good work, you really need to rest in God on that seventh day. That's a great point. It's just, you, you cannot You're, skip priorities. Well, because resting, <laughs> resting is also training. Yeah, and, right, it's and, training ground, and you're going to the source. You're right. resting in the source, the fountain. The, you, yeah, you're resting in the fountain of wisdom on doing your job better. That's right. Like as you go into the week, how can you not do that? Yeah, it, when you're resting, you're actually recharging. You're getting new strength. You're getting, uh, you're getting knowledge and help for living the life in the body the rest of the days of the week. And so, yeah, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, that's fantastic. And it really shows that these guys, uh, they did their work, they were excellent in what they did, but they had their focus and their priorities properly placed. And that's the message that we're bringing to all of you is that uh, where are your priorities? Uh, how is it that you do your work? Um, are you doing it really for the Lord? Some people give some lip service to that, does it, would anybody know? And and how would you do so with a, a clean conscience before the Lord that you are doing it for him? And uh, those are good questions to ask ourselves and to consider. Yeah, Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord. What it doesn't say is commit your works to the Lord so that God will bless me here and here and here. It's you commit it to God and then you, and you live knowing, exactly, you live knowing that he is the great provider and anything you're getting or not getting is purposeful. That's good. His purpose. That's good. And so courage, excellence, uncompromising, all different elements of what it means to give your work as worship to God, for he has given it first to us. He has given us abundant resources. He is the great provider. We, uh, as the bride of Christ, are to take what he has provided and to give it back to him as worship. What a wonderful topic for today, but that is all the time that we have for Truth Today, and we want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, we hope that you will grow in your love and commitment to Christ and his church as we are sanctified in the truth. God's word is truth.